Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim and Eden. Hi, Eden. Hi there. We are uh, here today because we have, well, no, it's actually retrograde, Mercury retrograde. I think it's is it the last day today or? Yeah. Well, by the time this episode airs, it will be over. Uh, oh, I know. We've been yeah, through it. I have had some of the weirdest stuff happen. Like I had a swarm of bees in my backyard and then we had to hire a bee person. It's never happened in my life. And yeah. my car was supposed to take three days to be fixed and it took three weeks, like a whole bunch of weird, crazy retro. Oh, yeah. 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 We've had a lot of like miscommunication, a lot of issues with uh, electronics. Yes. All of it. Yeah. I had, I had like six things break in my house. (laughs) I guess you you just all boils down to that mercury retrograde. So if you look it up, it it actually (laughs) makes sense. If you, some people are not into that astrology stuff, but it really does make sense. Mm Mm-hmm. I had a funny one real quick that where my husband and his brother hired a limo to surprise his mom to go to her first concert. And the limo came the week before accidentally. And they're like waiting at the door. Oh my gosh. Did you? We fixed it. We fixed it. But my kids, can we we go both weekends? And like, no. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, let's jump right in. We have a really awesome guest that that both Eden and I have been a fan of for many years, Mark DiCarlo. He's an Emmy-winning writer, comedian, producer, TV host, internet personality, and best-selling author, among many other things. He's well-known for hosting the TV show Studs, the travel channel show Taste of America with Mark DiCarlo, the internet show Boffo the Bear Show, and the voice of Hugh Neutron, The Adventures of Jimmy Neutron, and many more things. But we want to jump in and start our conversation with him so we can learn more. So welcome, Mark. Hello, Kim and Eden. How are you? Uh, We're good. (laughs) Eden, we're answering for each other. (laughs) I know. Shush. Shush. Let's stop talking over each other. Okay. All right. So Basically, I we normally on this show, we, I don't know if you're used to this, but we go pretty deep with people. So we're happy to hear all kinds of, you know, about all your achievements, but we want to get to know you. Are you all open right. to that? Are you good with that? Uh, yeah, I'm an open <laughs> book and the stuff I don't want to tell you, I'll just lie <laughs> because I'm a professional actor. You won't know if I'm telling the truth or not. All right. Bill, so you know- in that way, it'll be fun for me. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we, we make the person matter, not just what you do. Yeah, I, who cares what you do? I mean, yeah. you know, we yeah. want to done it. your soul. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing I'm not wearing pants then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So with that. <laughs> okay. We booked the wrong guy. All yeah. right. <laughs> 
<laughs> all he can all he's gonna do is make jokes this is not gonna work that's good no i'm kidding okay <laughs> um so yeah i don't know if this is something that you're familiar or you're comfortable with talking about or you know any it we might be the first people to ever ask you this question but we're at we want to know about what makes you feel happy and in your truth how do you stay grounded do you do you do anything like that uh everything I um my entire life and looking back on it I realize I've been doing this for a long time but I only do things that I enjoy Mm. and as soon as I realize I'm not enjoying something I stop doing it um I can remember I had a job in high school I got a job at a sporting goods store and the first day they gave me my little vest at sport mart and they told me to go stock fishing line and I was doing it for about 15 minutes and I was just overcome with such, like, who cares about <laughs> stocking? I, I literally just walked off the, I've never quit before. I just went home. It was just so depressing. Oh, and man. I realized it would be better for me to do nothing yeah. than be making, you know, $4 an hour or whatever the hell it was, just doing something I didn't like. So I, I try and find things that I enjoy doing and uh, spend my time doing them you know time is our only that's the only thing we have really so uh and when you spend it you're really spending it so i don't want to waste mm-hmm. it. Yeah. very good advice for everyone yeah, yeah that's so, so good so what do you besides all of these passions i listed that you do which are multitude what do you like to do for like relaxation self-care type stuff uh, I play ice hockey three times a week. I have a couple of softball teams that I play on and I get to go hang out with my friends and goof around and play baseball, uh, hang out with my wife. We go to concerts. We like to travel. Uh, we like to cook. Um, I, I like writing. I'm, I'm developing two new animated series right now. And that's, uh, I'm enjoying that just sitting in my office mm. when everything works and uh, typing away and, yeah. you know, making stuff up. That's, um, uh, I, I, I know there's a lot of anxiety and angst and um, unhappy people in the world, but I, I don't really understand that. I, I think if you're unhappy, do something about it. Oh, change, amen. You know, yes. Change your way of living, as the Almond Brothers say. Yeah, I love it. We're all about that. And it sounds like you have a very, like, dream life. Like, you, you're, you're structuring your life by your choices, which is awesome. Yeah, but doesn't, I mean, I don't, doesn't everybody do that? And if they don't, why not? <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I, 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 I realize it sounds like a naive question, but I mean, if you're doing something every day that you hate, you're an idiot. Fix it. Right? Yes, yeah. because we're not a victim of anything, but well, people just- A lot kinda, of people are, but- Yeah, well, no, they, they're not. They say they are. They feel like they yeah. are. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Which which takes your power away. If you think you're a victim and that nothing that you do matters, then you're incapable of fixing it. I mean, think about it. Everything that you are today started yeah. as an idea in your head. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and a choice. When you have when you're right, you know, when you have good ideas, follow them. And I'm not saying that everything I do works out or is successful, but everything I do is enjoyable and pleasurable until it's not. And when it's not anymore. You know, I don't do it anymore. It's I, it. It I, I realize it seems it seems sim- simplistic to some people, but it just seems so obvious to me. I don't understand why everyone in the world doesn't understand that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm glad that you're saying that because I think a lot of people need to hear that. 
Yeah. And, you know, people get stuck. Like I get clients or people that tell me they're in something that they don't like and they kind of get stuck in it because they feel like they should because it makes this amount of money or they should because their mom wanted them to or whatever it might be. And so they almost have to unlearn all those things to finally make the decision to get out of it. So it's this whole complex thing instead of just simply going, I don't like it. Let me get out of it. Well, what's the point of money? The point of money is to buy things that you need to have a happier life. But if if all you're doing is making money and your life is miserable, you're a fool. You know, yeah. and I, believe me, I, I know a lot of people that are in that world. And I get that it's very, you know, it's easy to, to say to walk away from a million dollar a year job or whatever it may be. But you know what? You get hit by a bus tomorrow. You could mm -hmm. die in your sleep. You want to waste, you know, you want to waste your time doing stuff like, oh, in 20 years, I'll be done with this and I'll do something fun. I don't, um, I don't get that. I, I, I just, uh, I'm generally down on humanity, but I had a, I thought the other day at we, I was just in, uh, I had a trip and I was in New Orleans and Memphis and Chicago. And I noticed that there were, everyone's hiring. Everyone's looking to hire, mm -hmm. especially restaurant and hospitality people. Mm -hmm. And I think what happened during COVID all the people with the crappy jobs realized, you know, they, they lost those jobs and they figured out some other way to make a living. And now no one wants to go back to the crappy jobs because right. life's too short. So, I mean, if that's the epiphany yeah. that people had, that's one good thing out of COVID. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and uh, you know, I think everyone should kind of have that uh, perspective. Yeah. yeah. It gave us time to, and space to really hone in on what it is that we love or what our passion is. And people had no other choice. They had to, or they got to uh, really take that time and, and do start, start a new project or, or yeah, do, th do things that make them feel happy. And I think also learning that life is so short, we need to do things that make us happier now. So right. good for, good for us. Good for humanity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I mean, if, if that's what it is, and I, I've been talking to some friends about it recently, and we, everyone sort of thinks that that's a plausible uh, way to read it. But, you know, who knows? I, 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 I really don't. Yeah. So shifting gears, we were looking at your website. And we saw your photo when you were on the Johnny Carson show back in the day. Yes. Uh -huh. And that's amazing bucket list item to be able to have done that and you yeah. you also are a tv host yourself so what was your experience like and and was he someone who inspired you to host it it, it, it not only is it a picture of me with johnny carson it's a picture of me johnny carson and my favorite actor of all time jimmy stewart wow love it and, and that that studio the burbank studios uh here in los angeles um, that particular building was where a year or a, a year before that date, I was on a game show and I won all oh, six figures of money. And I oh had, God. I was in college. I had no money. I won over a hundred thousand dollars. It set me up for life. I didn't have to get a job, mm -hmm. uh, changed my life literally in 11 shows. Wow. And then I come back um, a year later, it was Valentine's day. And a friend of mine was working at NBC and he said, hey, I know you're a Jimmy Stewart fan. Jimmy's going to be on The Tonight Show tonight. Do you want to come? And I said, of mm -hmm. course. So I went and I'm sitting there in the front row and Ed McMahon, who was Johnny's sidekick, uh, 
was coming out and doing warm up, and they said, "Oh, we're going to play a little trick on Jimmy. You know, everyone does Jimmy Stewart impressions. Uh, so we're going to get three people out of the audience to do a Jimmy Stewart impression. Does anybody want to do it?" Of course, yeah. I raised my hand. <laughs> they take us backstage. It was me and two other guys, and they said, "You're going to come out. You're going to stand on Johnny Star. Boom." And then we're going to hold up a cue card and you're going to cold a speech from one of his movies. And I'm like, all right. Yeah, you, know, I, I, you got I've that. An actor, right. I'm like, and I, I'm sure I'm going to know whatever it is. So uh, the first guy goes out. He was horrible. Uh, <laughs> the second guy goes out. He was OK. And then I they call me out last. I walk out through the curtains like I had seen Johnny done a million times. There's a, there was a little star dead center where you're supposed to stand i stood on there and and for the first time that i can remember and i don't think it's happened since then as i was standing behind those curtains waiting to come out i actually got nervous oh and i i, it, I just don't get nervous and i i did like a little deep breathing thing yeah felt good uh -huh. walk through the curtain and then they put up uh a uh, monologue from It's a Wonderful Life where George lassos the moon, which I could have done in my sleep. So I, 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 I did my uh, my Jimmy Stewart impression of the, uh, the speech there. And, uh, <laughs> thought, thought I did a pretty good job. I finish it and Johnny looks at me and he goes, that was really good. So then Johnny turns to Jimmy Stewart and says, okay, you got A, B, and C. Who do you think was the best one? And based on the audience reaction, I got the most applause. I'm not just saying this because it's yeah. me. But <laughs> I, you know, I, on this particular day of the three of us Jim Oaks, I did the best Jimmy Stewart. Uh, so Jimmy goes, well, the, 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 that middle guy, uh, Greg Stewart, I, I, I think he was the best. And Johnny oh. was like, Are you? and the crowd goes, ooh. And Johnny <laughs> goes, are you sure? And he goes, yeah, Greg Stewart, I, he's my nephew. So oh, I'm, I'm the only guy in the history of show business to be screwed over by Jimmy Stewart. Oh my! Oh God. my gosh! <laughs> but it was it was a it was a huge thrill. I got to chat with both of them, and uh, you know uh, that 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 was a huge bucket listy thing for me in the same building in the same studio that I had won all that money the year before. So, oh my gosh! Oh come on! It's so time. synchronistic, right? Right. Right? Oh, did, exactly. think, did you ever did you ever later after that end up working in that studio for anything? Um, I don't think so. No, I I did. Okay. We did studs at Fox, and I did um I did the other shows at Disney, and no, I've never. I may have All done like a one off there, or something there, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so and you are a founding member of the Second City Hollywood. Is that mm -hmm. okay? Are you still performing there? Uh, I don't, you know what? Um, I don't, uh, we, we started the theater in Santa Monica on the third street promenade and then the earthquake racked it in 94 or 92, whenever it was. And now mm -hmm. they've reconstituted the theater in Hollywood with some different um, creative leaders. And uh, it, it it's it's more of a school thing. It's not really a performance venue, really, that people go to. See, uh, uh, oh. UCB is real big here. Groundlings is real big here in Los yes. Angeles. Mm -hmm. I still do. I still perform comedy. I, I do uh, stand up and I'll do some improv. And um, I do a lot of stuff at Comic Cons and things like that. So mm. uh, I still do get a chance to perform. But our, our I would love to do another show with our Second City cast. That would be fun. Okay, so you, I just I just gave you the idea. So yeah, yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Take it and run with it. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She wanted to bring that up because you, you've talked about that com- knowing that comedy club. Do yeah. You, we had Craig Shoemaker on a little while back. And I love Craig. Yeah. Yeah. But he, he actually, he uh, actually wants to play softball on our softball team, but he oh. lives so far away from us. He can never oh, make the game. Oh my gosh. That's isn't so he, in, cool. he's Orange County, isn't he? No, he's like, um, uh, Hidden Hills. Oh, Thousand Oaks, out that oh, way. Yeah. oh, okay. Okay. And, Which is, and we play, we play, we play, we play softball in Beverly Hills. So it would oh, be, okay. you know, 45 minute hour drive for him, but, uh, He's on our reserve list. <laughs> <laughs> he might well, be really he, good. He talked. No, he is about, good. He talked about the cancel culture and like the comedy and you know how he doesn't buy into that. And I was just we were curious about your perspective on that when you do comedy. Um, I think I have a pretty harsh perspective on it. I don't think it's up to me to never offend you. I don't think it's up to me to tiptoe around words that might trigger you. I mean, if, yeah. if you're just saying something that's just balls out racist or misogynistic or mean or, or vile, that's a different story. But if something I say innocently and, and comedically oh, triggers you or that offends me, okay, you're offended. I'm Chris not- Rock, like Chris Rock. Chris, I think Chris Rock is a genius. And, yeah. <laughs> and I think I, it's it, the, the world does not owe you safe passage where you never exactly. have to hear anything that scares you. Yeah. I think that I think I mean, I mean, and look at look at what 30 years of that kind of upbringing has done. I think yeah. uh, I, 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 I work on shows and this is a big generalization, but the people that are like 20 to 30 now, they're incapable of just striking up verbal conversations with people. They seem very anxious and timid and they're not problem solvers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, if, if, if they hit a wall, it's like, Oh, well, game over. Whereas, you know, uh, I watched um, saving private Ryan not too long ago. Those guys were 18, mm-hmm. 19, 20 years old, had virtually no training and went to Europe and won a war. And when they hit a wall, they went in through the window or in through the basement or, mm-hmm. You know, that I, I think I understand trying to protect your children from being hurt or upset. But when a kid's at a baseball game and he strikes out and the mommy stands up and goes, good job. Oh, my God. It's not a good. It's not a good job. You struck out. Good try. Yeah. Good, good try. Job. Next time yeah. we're all behind you. That's great, but it wasn't. A, it was a bad job. It's the worst <laughs> you could do is striking yeah. out. And, and unless you. And unless you understand that, you're never going to get better. Yeah. Again, I, I don't have kids. I don't. I have nieces and nephews, and I've seen behavior at games and things like that. And I just think it's. I, I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's child abuse, but I don't think it. I don't <laughs> think it helps youngsters, right? Well, it makes them. It makes them not ready for the world because the world is not all milk and cookies. You know what I mean? Thank you. Right. Yeah. And no one in the world cares if your feelings get hurt. If I'm paying you to do a job and I say something a little harshly to you and you fold up and you can't handle it, I'll get someone who can. You know, I, I don't think it, 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 it treating people with kid gloves so that you never trigger them and then they're never uncomfortable and that they never <laughs> have to change yeah. is counterproductive. Growth is about changing and it's yeah. about you know, overcoming obstacles. But if every obstacle is pushed out of your way by your friends or your parents, 
the minute they're not around, you're going to get smacked in the face with a shovel. Yeah, because they're they're always rescued. Metaphorically. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. So, so I want to I want to start a, a a nationwide campaign to boo little children whenever they strike out in the middle. Who's with me? Yes. Strengthen them. Strengthen them. Yes. <laughs> well, it's just about telling them the truth. That's it. Right. It's about truth. You're right. It's no. Yeah. Well, here's here's another thing that I've noticed: uh, more women in my age group than younger women today. But women did not play team sports 20 years ago, mm-hmm. and I think they would. They, you know, they would swim. They would play tennis. They would do gymnastics. Guys do team sports, and there's a dynamic that you learn playing for a team sometimes you want to hit a home run but the coach tells you to bunt you don't want to bunt but you do because you all are pulling together to work for the greater good of this team and i think what a good thing that has changed is that mentality now has trickled down to women that are playing team sports and it's a i mean you guys could tell me more about it but it's i always found when i was younger and dating women were very competitive and catty with each other. If, if a guy didn't like you, he would walk up to me and say, you're, you're jag off, whatever. You scream and yell, you punch each other. And 10 minutes later, you're having beers and you're friends. Yeah. Women are very passive aggressive and I don't think it serves them. And I, I, I my, my theory is it's because they didn't engage in team sports. When you're on a team, sure. like with Second City or doing improv or on a sports team, you subjugate your ego for the good of the group. And I think that's an important muscle to have. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I I think so too. I mean, I don't know for sure if it's just that, but um, I think that if you're a part of a group or a team, it definitely helps. Or if you choose to work on yourself and, you know, make sure you're not in some sort of ego or threatening, like a lot of women get into a place of being threatened by other women. And it becomes almost like a paradigm of like, this is just the way it is. And women are like this. Whereas like both Eden and I, we don't even attract, like, I don't ever like I'll watch something like housewives and see them fighting, but I don't ever attract that in my life, you know, because I've done work on myself. Yeah. And I, it's, it's so anti-woman to be that way. I, I don't understand why women are that way. You know, I think it's, it's just, um, stupid and and it's uh, obviously there's a cultural component to it but what purpose does it serve to be suspicious of every woman you know my i I had dated women in the past and one of the truisms is if you're dating a girl and she doesn't have a lot of girlfriends Mm -hmm. (laughs) get out yeah because there's a reason reason my wife has a ton of female friends a ton of guy friends and is very sociable and I, I ideally that's what you want, right? If someone has a problem with every person just because of their gender, there's something else going on. Yeah, there's I've seen that too. Well, speaking of dating, okay. So yeah. I have been with my husband for 26 years. So this is dating back probably 28 years ago. So I started dating my husband and a while into the relationship he ends up showing me this videotape and he had filled in for a friend who couldn't be there and was on studs. And (laughs) I was like, Oh God, you're like, you know, and, and of course I thought the girls were that he were, you know, selection were kind of cheesy and funny. And um, so he just has the idea. 
Yep. He <laughs> has a funny story about that. And I always remember that. And so when you were on studs, we saw that there were 580 episodes, which is so many. Was that fun? Did you get recognized a lot? Do people still, you know, do people still say, Hey, there's Mark from studs. Cause you look, they do. Yeah. You, you know what? It, oh, thanks. Um, it was a blast. I, I only worked, uh, four days a month. We would shoot six shows on a Thursday, six shows on a Friday. I'd be off for 12 days and we'd come back and do six and six more. And, wow. um, uh, it was a black, I I've never had a job as easy as that or as fun. You know, we were in a studio, we had a live studio audience. My warm up guy was TV's Mark Wahlberg, the host of temptation Island. And we've been, <laughs> we've been best friends, uh, ever since then. So it was, um, we were, you know, we were the number one, we were beating Arsenio hall. We were really <laughs> hot nighttime show. And then Rupert Murdoch's wife decided that it wasn't which this is the most ridiculous thing. It wasn't suitable. It, it was too edgy for Fox. So oh. she uh, talked him into canceling it when we were number one. But Even um, it was like married with children. And like, I mean, it was like right there aligned with that, you know? It was, and if you look at it now, I mean, it's very tame. What, what I enjoyed about it, it was theater of the mind. You know, the dating shows that came after that where people are on a date and there's a camera right there, or there's reality shows that pretend yeah. to be real. You know, Bachelor. all those housewife shows yeah. are scripted and right. yes. The minute you put a camera into the, the mix, people are acting. They're not on a date. So yeah. we would send the people on their dates, let them do whatever they were going to do, keep them sequestered. And then when they came back, what did, what happened? What did you think happened? What did you think happened? Yeah. In the, the crosshairs of that is where we found all the the comedy and the the excitement and the titillation it was um it was like conducting a a sex orchestra between yeah. the boys and the girls they need to bring it back they, they need you to well, what was that what was the one that andy cohen brought back was that it was a different one that was love connection oh right okay yeah okay i knew um the casting director from studs i think director or maybe she just wasn't the director yet robin robin, robin yeah Robin Cass? Yeah, you know her? I love Robin. I was literally <laughs> just talking about her yesterday. I we love her. We went to school with her. Yeah, she's a oh, friend. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, I love her and Jackie Pittman, who is a big casting agent now. Yeah. Uh, were the casting people on studs. And yeah. uh, we were just, I was just in New Orleans with Jackie two weeks ago. Oh, funny. Um, we made a bunch of lifelong friends on that show. I mean, we did almost 600 of them. And uh, everybody got along. It was a very fun set very it was you know again going back to that team analogy everybody was there to try and make a good comedy show and mm -hmm. i think that's one of the reasons um one of the reasons it worked hmm. well but, well look at her now and what do you get most recognized for now uh sometimes if i'm like dressed up people sometimes think i'm paul riser from mad about you yeah that's true <laughs> Uh, people still recognize me from studs. A lot of people in the hospitality business, restaurants and hotels know me from the travel channel. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, a lot of people now somehow know me from my cartoons from Hugh Neutron and some of the other cartoons I did, even though I don't look like a cartoon in real life. That's so cool. <laughs> maybe, maybe I do. I don't know. I feel like you have the best, and this is just my perception, but 
I feel like you have like the best career in entertainment because if you're you're too famous and recognized every minute, you have no life. But if it's just enough, it has like excitement. You have a great lifestyle, so it's such a good balance. You know what I mean? Yeah, the deal. I'm I'm like at that level of fame where I don't get recognized when I want to, like to skip a line or to get a good taste or something. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I do get recognized, uh, you know, if I'm not in a good mood or whatever, but you know what, it, it's always, I, 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 um, I remember a while back, Chuck Jones, the Warner brothers cartoon director was giving a speech at the Skirball center here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. He had written a book about his uh, adventures in the cartoon world. And after the after his speech, he was standing at the back of the room talking to people, and I was standing there, and I just wanted to talk to him, and I was so nervous. And by the time I worked up the nerve, he was gone, and then eventually he died. Mm. And, but so I, I mean, I, I, it makes me laugh when people come up to me and they're nervous to talk to me or they're excited yeah. to talk to me because you know I'm just I talk to me all the time. But I <laughs> I understand the feeling because if I had ever gotten a chance to meet Mel Blanc or uh, talk to Chuck Jones or, you know, people that I look up to you, you uh, Groucho Marx, people, people in entertainment leave thumbprints on other people yeah. and uh, it kind of uh, guides you along your way. And I think laughter is important. I mean, it's, it's uh, silly and stupid and it's uh, some people view it as a garnish for life as opposed to a main course, but what do you remember when you travel? You remember what you ate and all the laughs you had, whatever happened. You know, um, when you go on a trip with friends to Vegas, you remember the time they threw ice in your bed and scribbled all over <laughs> your mirror and did crazy shit, right? It's it's uh, the the ability to um, to enjoy life as you go along. I think is the most important thing, which goes back to why, like, if I'm not if I'm doing something that I'm not enjoying. It's pro I'm probably not doing it very well, so I go and do something else. Yeah. Good. good. And just so last night, for example, just last night, I'm finishing up a first draft of this new animated show that I'm writing. And I started at like seven o'clock. Just I just wanted to finish up the last couple pages. And I looked up and it was 2.20 in the morning. Oh my and God. I had just finished. And the time it just like, you know, you get in a you get in a groove and Time wow. becomes very fluid and, you know, you got to capture the lightning uh, while you can. It doesn't yeah. always happen. So, uh, you know, I, I always try and be loose enough to, if things are going well, to ride the wave. And if things are not, to cut and, you know, live to fight another day. Right. We, we always say if it's forced, then don't do it. You want it to be flowing. Right. Because if it's forced, you're not good. You're not, whatever it is that you're doing, you're not doing it well. Yeah. It's, it's, and you can, I mean, can't you feel it? I mean, I yeah. almost physically feel it. We're just like, oh, or it's not so be. hard. Yeah, yeah. it's not, yeah. oh God. And then other times it's like, I wasn't even typing. It was just kind of like stuff yeah. was just popping into my head automatically. It's it's the, uh, that's what I love about improv too. When you're really in the, in the zone, it's effortless, truly yeah. effortless. Yeah. Wow. So tell us more about that. The, the Jimmy Neutron, Hugh Neutron, you play his dad and um, Bofo the Bear. And we saw that you had an Oscar nomination for Hugh Neutron, Jimmy Neutron. Yeah, the movie got nominated for 
best animated feature of the year. Uh, wow. And it got beat by Shrek, which I think was fair. Shrek was hilarious. <laughs> it was. It um, was. We're it was big Shrek deal. fans. Big Shrek fans. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that, that was the first Shrek. So uh, it, obviously it was an honor just to be nominated. And yeah. The show, uh, people come up to me all the time. Now it's people and their kids coming up to me. You know, I've got a little kid and we're having him watch Jimmy Neutron. I think it was, I think it stuck to people because it was the first show, first cartoon where the nerd wasn't the butt of the joke. Mm -hmm. He was the lead of the show and uh, was what people were aspiring to. He was still nerdy, and but he was smart. And the smart stuff, he wasn't um, made fun of because he was smart. He was made fun of because he would make a lot of mistakes and do stupid stuff. But hmm. the the it, it kind of changed the paradigm where the nerd was the one that was always getting picked on. And I obviously uh, people uh, grooved to that. We do. Uh, yeah, we, we this Bafo the Bear show I've been doing is this new technology. It's motion capture where uh, it's, it's feature film quality animation. And I put on a little suit and I I'm a bear. I'm Bafo the Bear and I can talk to people in real time and we take phone calls and basically do like a talk show like this, but with incoming phone calls. And we interviewed a woman a couple of weeks ago. She built a, a Goddard robot out of parts that she, she, she built a robot because she was a fan of Jimmy Neutron. And it was a working, <laughs> uh, working Goddard robot. It was amazing. And that, who does that? Right. That's so well, cool. Well, yeah, you, you got a big following from those things, right? Like from that's like a lot of your Twitter following. I noticed yeah. you a lot on there from that. So that's so cool to get so many fans with that kind of work. Yeah, yeah. People, uh, you know, I think comedy sticks to people and cartoons stick to people because you can literally do whatever you th can think of in a cartoon, you know, in in a live action show, you can't send people into space without costing billions of dollars. In a cartoon, it costs the same amount of money to draw a rocket ship as it does a bicycle. So, and I think that's part of the reason there's such a big explosion of really great animated material going on now is because it's it's this the untamed comedy id of the world. I think Rick and Morty, I don't know if you guys watch Rick and Morty, I think it's the funniest show on television. It's brilliant. And, you know, it's profane, it's crazy, but it's, it, they just, they clearly do whatever they want to do. And 99.9 .9 times out of a hundred, it's, it's, it's hilarious. And it's mm -hmm. just, uh, people, people respond to that. Yeah. And you, and like Craig, it's funny, Craig Shoemaker, how he talks about laughter heals, like laughter can heal people, you know? And so you probably don't even know there's probably like 20% of those people who have it's changed their life with healing in some way. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. yeah, no, I get I get letters. I get um <clears throat> I get letters and I get emails. I got some some kid in Germany like drew me a picture. Oh uh, and, and oh, you wow. know like you, you changed my life and I was depressed and and you know it, it it's so it, it's cool that you can have that kind of uh, effect uh, on strangers. Yeah just by doing your job with a bunch of other funny people. So I, I understand, I don't, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not worthy, but I understand mm. the system and just being a small part of the system. If it helps people, um, how do you, yeah. How yeah. Do you not like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
you're doing your part, put, putting out the laughter, putting out the light. That's you're making a difference. And are you, are you going to all about that? I mean, shoes, shoe, he's, he's completely changed his whole comedy approach. Yeah. To be almost more clinical, you know, he's, like, mm-hmm. he's on a quest and totally. uh, he's super smart and very funny and very, uh, I think it's very insightful what he's doing. Yeah. Um, are you going to write that kid back? Oh, I already, I already did. Yeah. Oh, good. I, and I put, a, I think, I, I think I put a picture of his letter on my Twitter feed because it, it, oh. it was a good drawing. Oh, and that's special. Get a letter nowadays. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a, from Germany. Yeah. How, who, how does he know about Jimmy Neutron in Germany? That's really what uh, uh, made me laugh. Um, yeah. But you never know. know. Take the time to send me an international letter. The least I could do you is sell you a picture. <laughs> right. <laughs> so with, with travel, you because I've seen your show um, on the Travel Channel, and um, you have a book about travel. And so, how did you go getting into that? Um, my dad worked for the airlines, so we always traveled. My mom was a travel writer when we were younger. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed going places where I, 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 I think. Um, repetitiveness bores me. So I'm always up. I'd re- always rather go someplace new and do something different than do the same thing over and over again. And uh, the Travel Channel was looking for a comedian to host this show and they hired me. And um, we tried to, the, the, the food shows that are all about, you know, chopping it up this much and this, I think they're kind of boring. What really interested me was the people who invented the recipes and who were passionate about <clears throat> this is my chicken recipe because this is how my grandmother made it when she was on a plantation in Georgia. And we've been doing it the same way for 60 years. And it, it's the personalities of all the people uh, that really attracted me. And, you know, you are what you eat. Food is very important. Like we were talking about earlier, uh, when you travel someplace, What's the first thing people ask you when you get back is, you know, what'd you eat? Where'd you go? What'd you eat? Very true. (laughs) Yeah. And and I I learned that um, food and regional recipes are basically the expression of the personality of the city. Like you could be blindfolded. And if you're in Chicago, you know, you're in Chicago because you're eating big, thick pizza. You're eating hot dogs and brats and big, heavy ethnic food you know if you're in san francisco food's different mm-hmm. if you're in colorado the food's different every place has its own kind of um menu or its own specialties and it's always an extension of the people who live there yeah and, mm-hmm. and I, I what's your most favorite place in the world like if you if you had to only pick one place to go over and over the rest of your life where would you choose in america or in the world in the world italy that's what i would say <laughs> yeah um, Which part? italy uh rome puglia amalfi uh firenze all the different you know italy again has a bunch yeah. of different you My cook favorite. what you find around you so the the northern italian cuisine is more influenced by the swiss and the germans and the southern cuisine is a heavier food because that's where the you know the the, the heavier food grows. Um, mm-hmm. I think the best food city in America is probably New Orleans. Oh, really? Okay. Because, 
you can get anything there. And uh, like there are restaurants. I mean, there are gas stations that are Zagat rated in New Orleans. Oh, wow. For real. Ah, For real. That's crazy. Because they make a poor boy or they make a, you know, they make a gumbo or they make a something that's delicious. And I I, I always say it's easier to find. It's it's impossible to find a, a bad restaurant in New Orleans because if it's not great, it'll go out of business and something better will come in. Okay. It just yeah. Okay, I'll have to go. When you're in New Orleans, do you feel like spirits? You know how they say that you feel like weird energy because there's a lot of spirits there. Yes. Yeah. I I used to do this thing where um, when I would get off a plane. I would close my eyes and walk uh, up the jetway there. And I could like, I could feel the mojo of wherever I was at before I really knew where I was. Wow. Um, Denver didn't have it. D- Denver had no, uh, at least to me, mojo. But like, if I get off the plane in New Orleans, I know you, you could blindfold me. I know where I am or, wow. you know, wow. Florida or New York or Chicago, or there are cities that have such a pulse to them and a vibe. Uh-huh. Um, those are the places I like to go. The places that aren't just kind of milk toasty. Uh, That's a cool way to look at it. I love that. Yeah. So you choose to live in LA though. So does LA have the best too? Um, I live here because this is where the work is. You know, the weather's nice. Uh, mm-hmm. The rest of my family is here. We got the beach. We got the mountains. And I've been here so long now. All my friends are here. Um, right. But there's, you know, the traffic is horrible. Most of the, some <laughs> yeah. of the people are idiots. Uh, but every place has good and bad things about it. You, you know, True. You make make do with the stuff you like, and you try and avoid the stuff you don't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, perfect metaphor for life. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> well, okay. Well, we are running out of time now so do we can look Aren't forward we all? We, we yeah all yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true um make the most of your time always that's what you said a little bit in the beginning of the the that's show all you have. so we'll the just think you own is your time yeah yeah i love that a lot of good a lot of good messages People yeah need to take notes listen again and take notes huh so you have projects coming up new projects are they in the works like uh they're going to be do you have dates to share with us Uh, not that i can share but um the bafo thing the the bafo show is moving forward there's another show another animated show that is uh different with different characters and then this thing i'm working on now i think is really funny it's about um aliens in outer <laughs> oh my god there's an alien right there no <laughs> that was perfect timing um, oh. uh aliens in outer space that abduct people and uh um just their day-to-day life yeah well okay well we got we, we had a um some another guest from another episode we're going to be recording soon just came on it's so retrograde right now um, oh, I, th- I, th- I was wondering who that was. I thought he was another member of your staff popping in. No, no, yeah. no, it's oh. just, yeah. Hang on, William. We'll talk to you in a sec. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're just ending this other episode. So Mark, we're happy. We're so happy that you're you here came for on. the big finale, William. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the, 
We're landing the plane right now. So tell us how we can find you. How can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark DiCarlo on Instagram on Mark DiCarlo TV. Uh, I guess that's it. I mean, uh, you can you can uh, come find me play hockey in <laughs> Where do you play? Where do you He's play? Uh, we what? play at the Pickwick Ice Center with a bunch oh, okay. of actors and cam. Are you yeah. guys in Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, we play there with uh, a lot of really fun, cool people. It's It kept me sane during COVID. Yeah. That Pickwick's been there for years. It has. They have, yeah. and they have all these photos from the 60s in the lobby there. Yeah. Where it's just uh, everything looks like the Batmobile. Ah, very cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Mark. You were awesome. We love you. And um, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, everyone else, for listening. And we'll see you next episode. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, Mark. Hi, I'm here with the director of Volunteer Network OC, Maria Galasso. Yes, we brought her back because we love them. And we're getting more and more involved with the awesome work they do. And we'll be at their upcoming event. So, Maria, happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Kim. Thanks so much for your support. Um, I just want to let everyone know that Volunteer Network OC brings volunteers together with nonprofit organizations in Orange County, helping individuals and families in extreme poverty or experiencing homelessness. We have a free app available at Google Play or the App Store, and all you have to do is download the app, register, search events, and with one click, you're signed up and ready to volunteer. Yeah, and it's so easy if you want to just do an hour a month or if you want to do up to like 30 hours a month, the app makes it really easy to go and do that. And then what about the upcoming golf tournament, which stars the celebrity guest Craig Shoemaker, who was on our show, and we, our podcast, will be there as well. Oh, we're so happy you're going to be joining us that day. So on July 27th, we'll be hosting our first annual golf challenge, Par for the Cause, at Strawberry Farms in Irvine. And we're so excited to be partnering with another great nonprofit organization, the Power of One Foundation. And if you don't golf, no problem. As you mentioned, we're going to be hosting an incredible community outreach event, which includes lunch and the amazing comedian Craig Shoemaker. Awesome. And then raffle and silent auction too, right? Oh, yes. We'll be having an online auction and also some raffle items and these really special items. It's just going to be a really amazing day. Awesome. Well, I'm excited and I know you are. And thanks for being here. And don't forget, everyone, to download the Volunteer Network app. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.